brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to SoftRap, special ops news and information straight from the experts. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Webb, Jack Murphy, and the rest of the boys at SoftRap. Good to go. You hear everything, Sean? Yep. All right. Softrep.com, on time, on target. Sean Lake in studio with us, founder of Bub's Naturals. And I think the big thing to say about Sean that, that'll connect him with this audience, of course, is a very close personal friend of the late, great Glenn Doherty. Definitely, yeah. Going back to, uh, we were little uh, middle school rugrats running around. So, yeah, grew up in uh, Winchester, Mass. with Glenn and pretty much followed each other around for uh, a good couple of decades there so you know it's it's good good company when you find a like-minded adventurer uh in your young years you know there's there's a lot of trouble to be had out there and sean and i were talking before the live stream just about how we met right and we met my dad was living up in uh, the other side of jackson hole and glenn was obviously a big skier, and we just put this last-minute trip together. And he's like, "I'm going to rally my boys from uh, from back in the day." And that was you and Marty, and yeah. I think that was it. And then we just went and hit the mountain with my dad. And like when I started to remember that trip, how we first met, um, I remembered Glenn. We were all at the lodge after a day of skiing, and we we're you know doing what young hydrating. young guys do, yeah, hydrating, hydrating with, <laughs> with, uh, with many beers. And Glenn was telling the story about life-saving, and my dad just out of the blue shared that story when I saved his life. When I, I think I was 17, I jumped in the... He was on a dive trip on the boat I worked on, got himself into a bad situation, panicked, and I had to save his life. I'd jump in the water and save him. And that was the first time for me, just such a weird thing, like looking up to your this guy that my dad's a guy's guy, you know, played almost professional hockey in Canada, grew up in the construction industry. And now it's like, here he is vulnerable. And I would like jump in and save his life. And he was extremely embarrassed. Never, we never spoke about it for years and years, which is funny. Cause like, I, I mean, I was there for that conversation. I mean, I, I, it took you jogging my memory for it, but I don't remember him being like sheepish to tell the story as much as probably being proud to say like, yeah, and now yeah. look at what you're doing now. Like, oh, yeah. you're you know you're in the navy, or you know you're performing as a seal. You're 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 with Glenn, and like you know he's he's got this audience, so it's definitely captive. Yeah, I remember he was kind of like watering up in the eyes, but that to me, like Glenn, drug that story out of him. Well, yeah, that I mean he had that power. I mean, there's a reason why, time and time again, we kind of come back to Glenn and like. You know this this person that we call the Facebook before Facebook. Like that's kind of like the, <laughs> he was, no the, the the joke about it is you know, you've got this guy that you know he everyone loves him and you know I mean I remember I guess a little bit of backstory. Glenn and I met in Winchester, Massachusetts. Like I said, in middle school, we we immediately fell into the same group of friends. He was actually my brother's best friend because um, Glenn's a year older than I am uh, and always will be, and uh, <laughs> and. You know, like we we instantly were like we found ourselves in this kind of counterculture. Like, oh, the skateboards, absolutely. Punk rock music, absolutely. Anything that was just off the beaten path was, you know, was what we were all about. Not your traditional kind of stick and ball high school guys. 
And as soon as we're out of high school, we all kind of hatch our, our adventure plans, also known as college. And, you know, like, I want to go fuck off in New Mexico. <laughs> I, I should probably ask if I'm yeah, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of figure. Yeah, this is like the Wild West. Not only here. permitted, but encouraged. Probably encouraged. <laughs> encouraged. Uh, well, then it won't take much to pull those filters off. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, he takes off to Embry-Riddle in, in Arizona. I take off to go to school in New Mexico for the only reason that I didn't have to write an essay to get into college, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Um, just to show how much I was willing to piss away your parents, you know, academic <laughs> money that they saved. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, we're like, let's take a year off. Let's go to Utah. And we literally just told our parents and took a year off. And next thing you know, we're 19 years old and ski bombing in Utah. Season's over. And we're like, what should we do now? Let's go become fishermen in Alaska. So Glenn and I literally packed up backpacks, went down to REI with the rest of our money, and fill up the backpacks with a sleeping bag and a tent. <laughs> and we hitchhiked from Salt Lake City to Ketchikan, Alaska. And I will skip some of the uneditable stories <laughs> along the way, but let's just say it was, a, it was not an entirely legal trip up there. But, you know, like those were the kind of adventures that we had. And then we go back to Utah a couple years later. And I remember we're sitting around and we're, we're 24 years old. Uh, and we're, we're looking at ourselves. We're like, fuck, this is the East Coast in us. Like we're, we're talking to each other. And we're saying what do we do when we turn 25? And I'm like, well, I'm going to be a professional snowboarder. I've, I've got my plan. And, but shit, I can't do that forever. So I should probably go back to school. Uh, like, what about you, Glenn? Like, when are you going to go back to school? And he's like, well, I'm going to give it one more year. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a professional skier. And if I haven't made it as a pro skier by the time I turn 25, I'm going to join the Navy and become a SEAL. Now, this is in like 1996, 1995. Yeah. And there was one movie that was the only data point any of us had on the Navy SEALs. You know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Oh, Jesus. And, and literally, I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, well, last summer he had taken off and done some surf vacation down in Mexico or Costa Rica or something. And he met a couple of team guys. And he, did, he was down there with Marty. And he comes back and he's like, I met these guys. They're, they're, they're in the Navy. And they said, I got what it takes. And like that was the only encouragement that he needed to ne- give him that nudge of a personal challenge, and he responded to it. And sure enough, you know, being a pro skier in the '90s was like painting houses. Like it, you know, it, you weren't going to make a lot of money doing it, and you know, it just it wasn't that. It just wasn't all Not that. Like, unless you were named Scott Schmidt, it didn't matter yeah. in that in that chapter. Which was interesting because you and the on the as a professional snowboarder, it was different. It's snowboarding was like really coming on the scene, and it seemed like much easier to to kind of get in, to be a professional snowboarder than it was a skier. It, back it, dude, it, was, it wasn't even fair. I mean, yeah. there were guys that were skiing circles around the guys that were snowboarding. And, I mean, I, I always jokingly referred to myself as, like, the B-pro. Like, I was never good enough to, like, be on the cover of, you know, Transworld Snowboarding Magazine. I'd be getting a page in the back of the magazine. And that was fine back then because yeah. that, was, that was the medium. Like, getting a shot in the magazine was it. And Glenn got two covers of local magazines and was getting some some editorial, and it didn't matter because yeah. the industry just didn't care. Like that skiing yeah. was in a much different place, and snowboarding was the hot shit sport. So I we joked. I'm like, you chose wrong, man. <laughs> you chose the wrong sport. Yeah. And uh, so sure enough, he turns 25, and I drove him down to the recruiter in Sandy, Utah. And I mean, I'll never forget this. And he's like, Hey, man, don't tell anyone. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, don't, don't tell any of the boys because, you know, we're all a bunch of ski bums. We're all, you know, drinking together and partying. And he's like, I'll tell everyone on my own time in my yeah. own way. But, and he's like, didn't tell his family, didn't tell anyone, just 
it was just his deal. And I drove him down there, and I remember we walked right up to the recruiter. The recruiter opens the door, and he's like, you coming in too? And I'm like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it was... And you, because you were already kind of successful with your snowboarding at this point, or or moving. Yeah, I, I was doing the up. I was doing the snowboard thing, and Glenn just had this determination to do it, and he rolled right in, and I waited for him in the parking lot, and he came back out. He had signed up, signed it all the way, like had his transition time all lined up, and that was it, man. Like he flicked a switch in his head, and he was getting ready to ramp up. And then you know he told all of his buddies and family and everything, and then you know next thing you know he's. He's going through it. He's doing the deal. And I stayed in Utah a couple more years. He moved to Coronado, you know, joined Team 3. And we reconnected a couple years later. I got done snowboarding and took a job in the industry. Uh, and they wanted me to move to San Diego. So all of a sudden, here we are two years later, we reconnect. Um, was that that had, was when you and I met. was yeah. right before, like, my last season as a snowboarder was when we did the trip to Tarhee. And, you know, I remember hawking a couple snowboards to uh, one of your team guy buddies. Yeah, and Will, which I got to tell that story. It's fucking crazy. He was, I think Will was at SEAL Team 5. So the funny thing about Will, I think a year later, he's like, I'm getting out of the Navy. I'm, and this is pre-9-11. He's like, I'm out of here. You know, we're not seeing any action. So Will gets out. He's like, I'm driving cross-country back to the East Coast. And can I, can you put me in touch with your dad? And this is like, just when email was coming on and my dad was like, I'll never bank online and do this. You know, my dad just is not an early adopter. So I, I forget how the hell, I think he had a regular landline phone. And so Will calls up my dad. My dad calls me. He's like, hey, um, you know, Will asked to bring a buddy. They're driving through back to these coasts. And I'm like, hey, he's a good guy. And Will is a solid dude. So my dad calls me up a week. Hey. A- anytime you preface a story with this guy's a solid dude yeah. and you know the story's <laughs> well, going to go sideways. I know, like, my, which my endorsement doesn't mean much <laughs> in my, my father's <laughs> days. But so Will goes there and my dad says, Yeah, we t- the first night we take him skiing, come back and, you know, drink at the lodge, come back to the house. The, the boys are drinking. Will's got his civilian buddy there. And my dad. It has a couple tenants in the neighborhood, and one of the he's renting to the like a, a young lady, right? So the young lady comes over for dinner. Now it's just like a, it's a cockfight between Will and his buddy over this girl, and it just gets to the point where, you know, <laughs> Will like threatens this guy's life, you know, and he's out there like got my dad's like axe that he uses to chop wood, and he's just like my dad's like holy shit, man, this thing is like shit's going down. Um, so my dad had to like break him up and his, and like put him to bed. And then the next day my dad said, you know, he was like super intense, you know, drinking the girl, like ran away, scared to death. My dad, the next day he was like pounding on the door and cause it's his, it's his buddy that has said, yeah, I'll take Will skiing the next day. I'm going to take him up to the mountain with him and his buddy. My dad says he's hearing a knock at the door. No one's answering. So he gets up and he starts walking downstairs and he sees Will's buddy on the kitchen floor with his Levi's around his ankles in a pile of his own shit. <laughs> he had yes. like tried to take a piss in the middle of the night <laughs> or, or a crap and pulled his pants down and like peed on himself and literally shit himself on my dad's <laughs> kitchen floor. As the, and my dad gets down there to that scene as the 
the neighbor who's taking him skiing opens the door and sees my dad standing there like over this guy that's completely passed out <laughs> in a pool of his own shit and piss. And he's like, what the fuck happened here? He's like, and the smell was unbearable, he said. So after that trip, my dad was like, look, I don't want any of your SEAL buddies anywhere near my place. Unless, <laughs> Rightfully so. Unless, I'm, unless you're like there to supervise. It, so. If your dad saw Marty in action down in Cabo, he uh, would have doubled down on that statement. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, yeah, Although, no, although you know, no one shit themselves on that trip, so. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty funny story. Um, but, I mean, you and I, we were connected then and like loosely... Um, yeah, like just acquaintances, and then I think what what I feel like brought me together and closer with you is, you know, Glenn passing away. I mean, I remember yeah. vividly in that parking lot of San Diego Airport in my Land Cruiser having that conversation with you because I had gotten that text from my friend at the CIA because I said, "Hey, this is a State Department thing." You know, Glenn's cool, right? And he's like, "No." call you in like 30 seconds and had that phone called me and I was devastated like I yeah I that probably would... cried for like a baby for 15 minutes before I could even muster up to call you because I knew it was coming yeah you know? yeah I, I mean that was that was wild I guess to kind of get back on the on the Glenn thing for 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 everyone out there um so you know Glenn and I obviously you know we were in and out of each other's lives on on an absolute you know regular basis but you know he got a divorce and he moved into my house in like you know 07 couple years later, I get a divorce and I move in with Glenn. So we were roommates, you know, from 2010, uh, the start of 2010, straight through till, you know, the Benghazi stuff happened. And, and during that time, like, you know, here we are, two 40-year-old guys living together and Brandon was coming around a lot. And, you know, like we were all kind of like, you know, we'd have drinks together, go to dinner together. And I kind of fell in with this, this, this group of everyone that had served together. And they were all like, we're all in one big melting pot of, of, of friendships. And... Yeah, I mean, we, we started connecting more and more then because you were doing some entrepreneurial adventuring and, like, you know, we went out and had some lunches to talk about, like, hey, what is, you know, what does this world look like? And this is, you know, starting the, the, the world of online, you know, media was really, it was Wild West in 2010. So it was a really yeah. exciting time to be starting to transition to do what you're doing now. Um, and, you know, and Glenn was a part of that and he was helping write, you know, 21st Century Sniper and all that stuff back then. And... You know, when we were roommates, kind of transitioning back to Glenn, you know, we kind of had this deal. We're like, all right, look, we're two guys in our 40s. We're never going to get married again. Fuck this. Like, they, you know, <laughs> women basically suck. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave everything that I own to you, and you leave everything you own to me. We're just going to have this, this this handshake deal, and if, if, if I die, you inherit all my debt. And if I die, Glenn, you get all my debt. And it was like this joke because, of course, we were fucking immortal, and that would yeah. never happen. Um and then Benghazi happens. And all of a sudden, like, oh, shit. You know, and, like, my best friend, a brother, this guy I've lived with since, you know, in, we were in high school on and off for, you know, 30-something years. And all of a sudden, like, it, it just got real. One of the things that happened that morning, uh, because we had heard the news, like, things had just happened. I wrote Glenn an email because we, we had just talked the day before. As soon as he landed in Tripoli, we were talking about his ex-girlfriend and how he... You know, it was like, hey, you know, can you check in and, you know, make sure she, like, finds a new boyfriend or, like, you know, like, make sure she's okay, basically. And I had had dinner with her, like, literally, like, a night or two before trying to, like, kind of transition their breakup and, you know, make sure everyone was okay because we're all buddies. Yeah. And then Brandon, you know, calls me up and he's like, hey, man, 
like, I just want to brace you that, you know, you might be getting a phone call from a phone number and you won't recognize it, but you're going to need to answer it. And I just had fucking goosebumps. And I mean, like, the whole fucking world stopped. And I, I think anyone who's been in a car accident knows you vividly remember these details about a moment in time. And that was one for me was Brandon calling me to give me this warning. And I mean, it, was one, it, you I was didn't like, want to break it to him yourself or, well, I, no, I, 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 I think like you, you, there was still like a shred of room for doubt Yeah, because it hadn't been confirmed. And I think because of that, like we were all holding up this optimism. Like sure. well, I was on these text threads that morning of like, this couldn't possibly have happened. And it was no, all, no, no. it was all his friends messaging me on social media, Facebook. And I said, well, no, he's fine. It's, it's, it's a state department thing. Yeah. And, and, I knew he, and, he was he, and he's in Tripoli. The, he's yeah, not, I knew he's he was working Gossi. for the CIA. I'm like, this can't be. But I said, you know what? I had enough people reach out to me. I'm going to text my buddy at the CIA and, and I texted him on the shuttle to the airport parking lot, and I got the thing right as I got to my Land Cruiser. And it was like, hey, it's bad news. I'll call you, um, and I'll call you in a second. So I got the phone call, and I literally, like, I, because for me, is the first time I really got, it was personal. I cried for 15, 20 minutes, like, just bawling. And then I said, I got to call Sean because... Everyone's asking, right? And I've got to just let you know because yeah. I don't want you getting that news from some fucking stranger. No, they, I mean, so, you know, literally Brandon calls me, and then the very next call is from an 858 number that's I don't recognize, and I never answer those calls. And it's, you know, it's a Sean Lake. Yeah, how'd you get my number? I'm going to need you to come home right now. And I was, you know, I was down at the gym, and I'm like, what? Like, I need you to come home right now. And sure enough, it's like the stereotypical movie experience. There's the two black SUVs waiting in front of Rodney. We, Rodney's what we call our house. And they're waiting for me outside. And we walk back into the house, and you know, these guys in suits, ties, and this lady from the CIA, and they're just like, they broke it all down for me. And I remember just just absolutely in shock. Now, my my girlfriend, who became my wife, Heather, she, you know, she's in media, she's a, a TV reporter, and so her and Brandon instantly team up and just run blockades. So I'm, the first thing I'm saying is, well, I'm not talking to anyone. And sure enough, within hours, the news trucks are all lined up up and down the street. And it was just this, it was, it was fucking chaos for me. But also, I had to be the person to put the word out. Like, I'm the executor of his estate. I'm the one who's kind of supposed to step in at a moment like that. And Brandon... You know, I remember, like, there, there were these key couple of days there going into, like, the, this crazy amount of media that I had zero experience with. I mean, snowboard movies was the extent of my media experience, yeah. you know. And, uh, and, and Brandon managed a lot of that to keep it off of us and, and, and you know, and talking with Kate and, you know, Glenn's sister and the rest of the family and, and how to navigate that landscape was... I don't know that it would have gone as well or I would reflect back on it and be happy with the results. I mean, there's no happiness with those no. results, but it was just managed well. And I definitely owe that to you because you stepped right in there. You'd had some experience already talking and, and dealing with media. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was handled as best as it could have been handled. And then, you know, you go a couple of months afterwards, you get through the election, you get through the political stink, you don't have answers. We're all left scratching our heads and this is kind of a segue into starting Glenn's foundation. And, you know, Katie just had this, like, this, this burn inside of her to do something to honor Glenn's memory. Now, 
those anyone out there who's listening to this who didn't know Glenn, what you need to know about him for this to matter at all is everyone fucking loved Glenn. He would walk into a room and he's the guy who will just light it up. And he will tell you a bunch of bullshit stories that will have you laughing your ass off. They will be incredibly embellished, but you will leave happy. <laughs> and, and it sucks that he's not here to say that because yeah. he could call it out to his face. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, that was his power. And, and he was the fucking glue. So when I call him the Facebook before Facebook, and that's, I'm not the only one, who, you know, that's a, that's a well-known moniker for him. It's because he would literally write letters and who writes letters, like, you know, in 2012? Mm-hmm. And he would call people. And, like, when he was home from deployments, you know, because he was contracting for the CIA straight from when he got out of the Navy, basically, right through, you know, obviously Benghazi. And he would write letters, and he would write emails, and he would call you. And it was like a full-time job to keep everyone connected. And it was amazing, because that's the one legacy that, that his friends have all had, is that we all now call each other. We all stay connected. And yeah, he's that glue, but now we've forged our own relationships that weren't exclusive through Glenn. But I mean, he brought high school buddies from the Boston area together, Navy SEAL community together, ski bums out of Utah, San Diego CrossFit junkies. I mean, you name it, like such eclectic groups all pulled together. And that was part of his power. So I'm inclined to say anyone listening to this, if you'd ever met Glenn, you would have said he was your best friend. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. And then you know, if you want to plug the foundation, well, yeah, yeah. So so we we're looking at this and we're like, well, we have to do something to honor Glenn's memory. And what was the one struggle that Glenn had, and a lot of guys getting out of the teams or special forces have? It's a transition to civilian life, and this isn't something new, but it's not talked about a lot. And Glenn fucking struggled with how to get out of the Navy as, you know, basically you're a military rock star. And how do you go from being on the field to off the field? Well, contracting is a great Band-Aid. You're going to go from making $60,000 a year on a good year to $150,000 a year to work half a year? Man, that signed me up. And you still get that adrenaline, you get that fix, you get that action. And a lot of guys turn to contracting, which, you know, I get it, the money's there. But the longevity of that as a career move fades and it fades quick. I mean, Glenn was 42 years old and we were working out crossfitting, like beating the tar out of each other just to like keep up with these 20 year old young bucks (laughs) at the gym. And I mean, we hurt and you know, that was just part of it, but we were just like, fuck it, let's go again. And you know, we were, this is kind of a segue to the bub stuff we'll talk about later, but like we would literally be like whey protein. Here's a little pre-workout. Here's some BCAAs. Here's some hydration. Here's some Metamucil because you always need your fiber. <laughs> and we would, you know, we would literally like run through all this stuff and trying to keep up. But he knew there was an end date. He knew he couldn't contract forever. And he kept saying, this is my last deal. This is my last one. And he'd finally gone through like four career opportunities and landed on, I'm going back to school in Utah. I'm going to go into a PA program, a physician's assistant program. I'm, I'm just curious, Brandon, was there ever, because I got to meet Glenn really shortly at SiriusXM, yeah. you know. It yeah, was EMM, the first time. Oh, I remember the City. New York trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just wondering out of curiosity, was there ever a discussion with him? Because a lot of your friends, like Eric Davis, went on to work with you, write for the site. Was there ever, like, a discussion of, hey, Glenn, you want to write for Safra? Yeah, or? no, Glenn, actually, I drug him into many failed <laughs> endeavors. <laughs> I mean, so he the, was involved like, in, like, the, at this point, Yeah, or? no, the first business. No, no, the first business that I... Did. It would freaking failed miserably. But Glenn was there and did 
he would come back and work with me. And we had had the same conversations that you had with him. Like, what is he going to do now? Like, and I was like, I remember before he left saying, look, this website I'm launched, like it's got fire, man. Like it is taking off and I want you to be a part of it. And, and I just, I mean, I, I have so Glenn has influenced me in so many different ways to like the planes and everything, but I just thought he would be around to, to be flying with me and doing all this crazy stuff now. Um, he was just like looking at me like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready to sign up for one of Brandon's crazy <laughs> fucking adventures again after the last one. Understandable. But yeah, I mean, that, that was it. Um, but it was something, you know, like Sean was talking about, the transition. A lot of guys struggle with that. I, I mean, I struggled not as bad as... We've seen guys at the site talk about it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a well, general it's, theme. It, it's, it's what do you want to do? I mean, and you're right. I mean, Glenn, Glenn followed Brandon into a couple of things that didn't work well. And and, and there, in soft rep was just in its in its infancy stage, and I mean I think you got him to write like one editorial piece, and, I made, I, and then I made him a writer. <laughs> I just put him up on the yep, website, yep. Yeah. and he was like, "God damn it, like, yeah. I'm not a writer," and yeah. you know. But he, you know, he he didn't know, and that was part of that struggle. But then he was like, when he finally made up his mind, he's like, "This is what I can do. I like the hours. I like that I can keep my recreation intact." You know, that's what it was all about. Our was friend, work hard, play hard. Sohei was a neurosurgeon yep. on that surf trip we all took together. And he's like, dude, I will hire you in a heartbeat. In a fucking heartbeat. Pay you whatever it was. It was a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, this is a six-figure job. Yeah. And, boy, it's in the medical field. And, you know, Glenn was 18 Delta. And, like, he had that training. And, like, Glenn inspired that med kit we did for the crate club because well, we that would was, always complain and he built me one yeah that was his whole idea he's like yeah. fuck man like one of his entrepreneurial ideas that he never saw realized was building a med kit that the everyday person could use that was fully functional and removes all the crap and, and I remember he would talk about the, all the useless shit in most over the counter sold med kits that just pads the pricing and he's like yeah. you can do this you can do it right and there was no such thing as like a seal endorsed product back yeah. then. Like the perfect push up didn't exist yet, right? So if he had done that today, I think the market would obviously be completely different and curated by a guy who's literally been in a medic for, you know, fucking 17, 18 years. So who better to validate that product line? So when, when you did it, it was like a, you know, like an homage to, you know. Yeah. And Glenn's which is why idea. it made sense to have Chris Ferranto be a part of it because yeah. he was there with Glenn. Yeah, Chris uh, was there and also uh, a lot of medical experience. But that has been our most popular thing we've done in that premium crate. I, I could see kit. that. I could see that. Well, so, so, you know, Benghazi goes down, the shit show goes down, and, you know, the dust isn't even beginning to settle, but Kate's got this fire, and we, we sit in her basement and we talk about launching a foundation and we immediately like it's like we're completing each other's sentences this has got to be about helping guys transition out of the military to civilian life education scholarships self-improvement glenn doherty 101 be better improve yourself yeah and then we're like well what was the second thing that glenn stood for after you know work hard play hard so we, we carved out a piece of the mission for recreation. We're like, hey, we don't know what this looks like, but if we can help someone who's in need in this community, let's help them. And if that means like taking the family to Disneyland, fuck it, let's be there to be able to help them for that. So we launched this, this mission, and the first year there was this outpouring of support, and you know, like 100,000 people donated a dollar each, or you know, whatever, that we made a couple hundred thousand dollars, and we're like, oh, fuck. What do we do with this? 
And we're like, we don't know anything about running a foundation. So then it's like, well, we should get an endowment. And one of our buddies, Tom Donahue on the foundation, um, you know, he's, he works in finance. And we're like, well, if we do an endowment, we're protecting the investment, we're protecting the money, and it also regulates from how much we can do with it. Everyone's like, that's a great idea because we don't know what we're doing yet. Sure. But we want to give these scholarships out. Oh, it turns out we can't actually give out scholarships. We have to use a third-party vetting system to give out a scholarship. No problem. So we, we form a partnership with this group called Scholars First, and you know, and then we're taking in applications from Navy SEALs, the family of Navy SEALs, and any branch of special operations soldiers, and we vet them through this third-party system, and they are the ones who actually approve them, and then we effectively can hand out checks to help them go back to school. And it's an instant feel-good sure. thing, but it's, you know, it's everyone's part-time job, or, or you know, we do it nights and weekends, but every year we were able to give a little bit more. Well, 2017 was the first year that we had more applicants than we had money. And we're like, oh, shit. Like, we've now helped, you know, I think we were up to, like, 28 scholarships. And, like, we're like, fuck, we're, we're starting to feel like we're making a very small, but, you know, an impact. Like, people are, they notice that they're, they're able to go back to school. We're helping people. But we ran out of money. We have the endowments, so we're protected, but we can only give out X amount of scholarships. How do we solve for that? We already run marathons. We run the Boston Marathon, New York Marathon. We're running a 5K race, you know, in Glenn's hometown, in our hometown, Winchester. But you know, when we do a bake sale, like you know, we're, we're just we kind of hit the wall. And I remember, like I, I, it was in April of last year. I was chasing a power storm, and I went on and I, I did a podcast with this guy Evan and JT, the founders of Black Rifle Coffee, and we talked about the same subject, like the nonprofit world and. It was great because, you know, Evan had served with Glenn. He knew him. Uh, you know, they, they did the contracting stuff together. And we laughed and told a couple of jokes about, you know, time with Glenn. And it was kind of left as this open-ended thing. Like, how do you institutionalize giving? And I had that takeaway. And I come home from that trip. And this is the segue into Bubs. Um, my wife buys me a tub of collagen peptides. Now, you guys don't know my wife. But, well, Brandon, you know my wife. She's 14 years younger than me. And, you know, man, (laughs) what's the math we talked about? Half 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 your age plus seven, gentlemen. Any of you guys on the rebound out there and you want to know what to do. This is math, by the way, that Brandon does not necessarily (laughs) adhere to. (laughs) Let's not talk about that. I think I remember when you said I'm dating a millennial on the show and people were like, how old? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Half half your age plus seven. (laughs) My wife is technically a millennial and and that that offers up some some great dinnertime conversation between a Gen X and a a millennial. (laughs) Maybe I'm Um, plus two. Am I plus two? We're not. We're actually just going to we're going to take a high road on this one. I'm going to cut you some slack. (laughs) Um, And uh, so anyways, my wife buys me a tub of collagen protein and, and collagen peptides. And I come home and she's like, I'm like, what's this? She's like, it's collagen. I want you to start taking it. I'm like, collagen? That's that shit that porn stars used to shoot into their <laughs> lips. And she looks at me and she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but all the health nutrition bloggers, like all the chick stuff, they're all saying it helps you with your hair, your skin, and your nails. And I'm like, I, I don't care about any of that. She's like, muscle recovery and joint recovery. I'm like, ooh, now you got, no, now I'm paying attention. She's like, hey, look it. You're not getting any younger, and I need to preserve you. And that was like the only takeaway I had was, you're not getting any younger. And I'm like, all right, I got that. So I start taking it, and I'm just, I just obey her. Like, it was the same thing with Glenn. When he said, take protein, I took protein. When he said, here's the go-go juice, I would, you know, I would just follow the rules. I, I wasn't asking any questions. I've never cared to you know, peel back the onion of fitness and look into what I was specifically supposed to do. I just did it. Yeah. It's like my friend Kamal, he's like, yeah, I just... 
he's friends with Tim Ferriss. He's like, I just go and take a photo of Tim's cupboard and just buy all the same stuff and and take it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like, basically what the time to do the research. Yeah. So so Heather buys me a tub of collagen. I take it for about a month, and literally a month into it, I'm like, holy shit, my nails are growing like crazy. Now this is a weird observation because like I clip my fingernails like every couple of weeks. And I was clipping them every fucking week. And now anyone who clips your fingernails knows like, it's just one of those irritating chores. You do it because you have to. It's not like, you know, like something you're stoked on. But I was like, this is the first time I've ever taken a supplement where I can physically see the results. Well, the next month, we go to a wedding, and I need to get a haircut. And I get a haircut. We come home. And I'm like, man, I just got a haircut. And I, like, I, I look back in it because I was curious. I'm like... I just got a haircut six weeks ago, and I just needed another one. That's never happened. So I'm like, data point number two, hair, nails. What the fuck? Like, this stuff really works. The third month was wild because that was when the recovery kicked in. That's when I was like, oh, my God. Like, I went to Boston with, uh, with Heather and my sister. My sister's a gazelle, and Heather's a gazelle. They run all the time. We ran five to seven miles, seven days straight, like, just for a week straight. Every day, we get out in the morning and run. And I was ready to be crippled by it. Like, I, I'm okay in the gym stuff, but if I'm going to log those kind of miles, I'm going to suffer. Yeah. And I bounced up every morning out of bed. I'm like, let's go, let's go, every day. And by the end of it, I'm like, all right, I'm completely sold on this. So around this time, my buddy comes over, and we've been pitching a couple work projects, this guy, TJ Ferrara, and, and he's like your e-commerce guy. He's the ninja in the back room on e-commerce. And, and we're buddies. We live together and, you know, like work out together and we were pitching a couple work projects and he sees the tub of collagen on the counter and he's like holy shit you take this stuff and I'm like dude it works <laughs> and he's like I know it works I'm like you take it too he's like, he's like no I don't really take it because he's a millennial and so you know whatever and uh, and and he's like I've been watching this on some e-commerce platforms this is a growth industry it's being written about in a lot of health magazines and blogs and he's like this is you know this is an emerging company uh, it, the, the particular brand that was on the counter and he's like, you know, I've always wanted to start a company. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this. So we just napkin mapped out, just shooting the shit over coffee. What would it look like to start a supplement brand? And almost immediately we're talking and we, we look at each other and we say, we got to do something for charity. And I'm like, well, I know what charity. Obviously, it's going to be Glenn's Foundation. And he's like, yeah, Glenn's Foundation. I'm like, well, what do the best companies in charity do? And we look up and we're like, Patagonia. Looks like about 1% of net sales go to, go to charity. I'm like, that's, that's pretty good. Tom's Shoes, they have their one-for-one one shoe program. And I'm like, Tom's Shoes? I'm like, well, I, I know that a pair of shoes that's going to Africa or going to wherever the hell they're going to don't cost very much money. So it's a, we've mapped it out to be about the one, same 1% of yeah. net going there. And I'm like, what if we just completely flip this model on its head? What if we did 10% of every sale of every product directly to charity? That's awesome, man. It's great when companies can do that, too. I mean, you were telling me with Software, we have some stuff going on that, that you've been up to, right? Well, the, I mean, we donated to, uh, I was talking to Sean this morning about the Team Rubicon for the hurricane relief. You know, we, but, but it's in our core values to give back. Um, and I, I told Ian. But, but like, I mean, how, how much money did you give to those guys? I mean, I mean, it was, I think, five grand we we gave, uh, but I mean that's five thousand yeah. dollars that like has a massive impact for that community, and it's unsolicited, and all of a sudden someone just gets a check for five grand. I mean, it means I, a lot to them, and it does a lot. The, um, I mean, last year I think we gave thirty grand cash plus 
media, you know, and we gave Rubicon media too. We did did a lot of editorial stuff, but I mean, when I when we started to have a lot of growth, I wrote it into our core values, like we give back. And this year, I told Ian, everyone in the company gets to pick a charity, and we're going to donate on to that charity on that person's behalf. So, I mean, that's it's uh, you know, I, I'm all about running a profitable enterprise with the. Re- ridiculous margin as I can grab <laughs> but at hey, the same time no you can't hate you for that yeah I mean and, you know and I see this a lot of the millennial entrepreneurs doing this social enterprises which is great but it's like we have a social enterprise too like it's important to give back to the same community that gave me everything that I have uh, today so yeah which it, I and tracking the 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 companies like you said there are, there are a few that do really good stuff but and then there are a lot of them, especially in the military space, that kind of, you know, yeah, that's really not, it's more of a marketing gimmick. It's not giving back in a meaningful way. And that's what, you know, when you and I were talking about Bubs in San Diego, I mean, that's a solid commitment, you know. Well, it was, it was, we kind of like, it's funny, we backfilled the company to the cause. And it was like, hey, you take college and it works. Okay, so there's proof here. Well, it, it's funny how it all, it all came together, literally like lightning striking, because I just done that podcast you know, I'd had the experience with collagen. It was everything was kind of swirling around. And then, you know, I'm like, well, we got to give the money to Glenn's foundation. And then it was, like, well, how much? 10% of every sale. Can you even do that? Like, we, we didn't even think you could get a company off the ground with that kind of math. And we're like, we start doing the crunching the numbers. But while we're doing that, I'm like, well, you know, Bub was Glenn's call sign in the Navy. So the company just named itself. Like, this all just happened boom, boom, boom. Like, 10% to charity. Glenn's Foundation. We got to call it Bubs, and just like that, we're off and running. And we're like, so we cool. we don't even know if we can do this, yeah. but we're gonna fucking do it. And you know, the packaging is awesome, dude. I mean, <laughs> you I mean, you seen... can just read it. I mean, the yeah, good old USA. Yeah, it um, looks I mean, badass. Yeah, it's good. Just and the branding is spot on, dude. Appreciate and also, that. just it's it's great to know that there's someone using proven science. I mean, there's like a million protein powders out there, and no one knows what the fuck they're buying. Um, if you've ever seen any documentaries in the whole industry, it's like completely unregulated. So there's people putting all these proprietary blends of nonsense in there, yeah. and it has like a fraction of whatever you really need in the well, product. It, it, dude, it's a wild west out there. I it mean, is. I mean, for, I mean, for anyone out there who's listening to this, like, okay, I, I get the Glenn thing, and I, I don't know what the fuck collagen is. All it is is hydrolyzed, boiled down cowhide joints cowhide like like think about it's connective tissue and everything that it helps with is connective tissue like it helps with your knees it helps with your muscles it helps with your skin it helps helps with your hair you know like all of that stuff for me from like a sports recovery standpoint makes perfect sense and one ingredient there's no flavors there's no like mystery shit i can't pronounce it's just boiled cow <laughs> so ground, what is the, so the, the flavor? So it is unflavored, which I actually like because I have. You where, know, where, where's your where's your cup? I just have a cup of water right here. Oh, you're gonna throw some in? Yeah, you're, you're, you just became a test monkey Absolutely. on this one. There we go, buddy. I was gonna say the cool thing is that if it is unflavored, is how you can mix it with stuff. Because I'll sometimes mix like bananas, oatmeal, blend that all together, sprinkle it on your yeah Cheerios if you wanted to. Boom! Just like that. <laughs> We're not even mixing this. I'm just trying to like this. No, it'll, it'll take care of itself. Oh, really? But just like that. I like how we're doing a whole demonstration here. He's going to come back tomorrow, like who, 10, uh, 10 pounds jacked up. Oh, I yeah. wish. Yeah. <laughs> I should show that, yeah, we're actually doing this. 
I know Usually it's whiskey, but go ahead, buddy. Well, you know what's funny? People on the uh, on the Facebook Live are like, Brandon always ends every show with a shot. Is he going to do that? Because I saw people asking about it. I'll take a shot so, with Sean. We'll yeah. do a shot. We'll I'll, I'll drink this, though, for sure. So I think we've I pretty much fucked away our workout today, so... Yeah, I'd yeah. say uh, I'd say it's pretty much going to transition yeah. to whiskey at this point. <laughs> this, it's, it's great, man. So I this thought. is, I mean, it's unflavored. So you get like this little this little hint of something being there. But I put it in my coffee every morning because it can stand the heat. It's 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 cowhide. It's not like a, a you know a chemical concoction. It's yeah, because usually these protein powders like it tastes very fake. It just ta- it just tastes very yeah. artificial. When you see something say strawberry vanilla. I promise you it's not organic strawberries and, and of vanilla. Course. Yeah. But you know, the bottom line is we figured out a way to do it. We sourced the best possible collagen in the country. It all had to map, you know, match up to Glenn's ideals, like this kind of this standard that we had. And you know, I wanted to make sure the branding was on point. And this all represents different parts of, of his life. So I mean, in a nutshell, this is a tribute as much as anything. And this is the first protein I can just like put in water and it's yeah. good to go. Yeah, that's uh I I don't think you're going to be taking this one home. I think this is going to be in the office for a while. So yeah, I'm de- well. It's funny. You, take you, you work out in the city. I work out like at home on Long Island. So he's, you know, I've worked out with Brandon, and he's pretty intense. So yeah, I used to take the sales guys to work out. Always fun. Always. Fun. And then they're like, "We don't want to have a meeting with you because you're going to take us to the gym first. Well, I've worked <laughs> out with you just like a couple of times because you know it's just we're in different areas. So am I? I just have to ask them. Am I able to keep up better than the yeah, sales no, guys? Yeah, yeah. You did the deck of cards workout, right? Yeah, I did have Which to tap out at a certain he point. Did, yeah, but yeah, and, and I'm not gonna lie. He tapped out, but he he sucked it up. I'll give you credit. Hey, but you know, hey, the deck of cards. The problem is this. I'll say. Is, <laughs> well, do you guys want to just take your shot? Was, no, uh, here's to Bub. Absolutely. Uh, here's to Bub. Yeah. Cheers. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, the deck of cards. No, I was probably more of a sipper, so I'm going to need to get a refill. <laughs> Go for it, man. I, I just knocked it all back. I didn't realize what we were, uh, what we were putting down there until well, I looked over and saw the Japanese harmony there. Yeah. Good stuff, right? Hibiki. That's People really were asking about what it is. Yeah, yeah it's Japanese hibiki. Um, but, oh, so the deck of cards thing, though? Yeah. I think I'm used to doing, like, perfect form push-ups, and you'll bang out, like, 10, 20. When you're doing the deck of cards, you really cannot do perfect form push-ups because you're going to be done pretty you, quickly you, you in there. You just got to do them faster. We are doing man push-ups, though, Ian. <laughs> it was a man. Chest to deck, arms to full lockout, yeah. no hinging at the hips, hold yeah. the standard. But doing an entire deck of cards Absolutely. like that is it's Ian's tough, like, man. He's like, I remember he's like, how far are we going? <laughs> I'm like, the whole fucking deck, man. Like, I mean, you run the numbers, and I think it's something, uh, what do you do, like 87 reps per movement? Yeah, I mean, it's... 100 reps per movement, something like that. I'm no mathematician, as you can tell. And I think it's it's over 500 push-ups, depending on what, yeah. what you make, the ace or the jokers, but it's it's a ball buster. Oh, so you just do them all push-ups? Yeah. yeah, we're doing them all push-ups. So Jesus fucking Christ! Bam, 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 and then you just get crushed by like three face cards in a row. Y- you know you can do other movements. Yeah, but we just did straight bang it out push-ups, and he was just like, "Yeah, it was pretty sore for a day." Yeah, I did. I did it with my buddy Mike, who's Colmeco. He has a show called um, Real Food with Colmeco. Yeah, cool guy, cool dude. He used to be a pro boxer turned chef, um, nice. and now it's a food show, but. Uh, yeah, I know we're we're running shorty, and so we want to get to a couple of years. Yeah, well, no, I, I was just going to say it. It was uh, it, it, a funny thing, too, like fun fact for the audience. That's where I decided, well, where you pitched to me coming on software full time. I was like, do a deck of cards, and hey, do you want to work with us full time? <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> that was your vetting process, dude. Yeah. You didn't no, completely p- 
puss out. Um, well done, well yeah. done. So, I mean, yeah, I know that you guys got to run. I guess, do you want to get to emails? I was like, do we, should we get to this another time? Yeah, or? no, we got time. Let's, okay, let's cool. get a couple and, and I should throw out there, I was going to mention it at the top of the show, but, like, these stories are too captivating to interrupt, honestly, is for those who don't know, we're back to doing the show free on Apple Podcasts, two shows a week. The response has been overwhelming. The only question I've been getting is they're like, what about the back episodes? Where are they going to be? They're not going to go on SoundCloud, but they'll be on SoftRep.com. They're not there yet. I'm still like coordinating. All the archives free, including yeah. one, you know, we did the, that really good show with Marcus Cottrell. But it, but people are asking, like, why? Where is it now? I'm, yeah. I'm still it's coordinating coming. with Chris, our web guy, so they'll be there. But yeah, Marcus Luttrell, um, Drago, Drago, Mike Ritland, which people are asking all about in all these emails. Buzz, uh, Buzz Aldrin. There's, there's a ton of them. Um, this is the, you know, if we're going to get to one email, this yeah, is really the one, one to get to. And then we'll, we'll take a couple of things in here uh, from Brian Crane. Thanks again for another kick-ass podcast. I love how you guys covered music so in-depth, which we did with uh, the Odyssean. Uh, music, love, and religion are the three most powerful forces on Earth. They have the power to move entire generations of people. You can be in a bad mood and listen to the right song and be in a good mood. You can be in a good mood and listen to the wrong song and I be would in a add, bad mood. To interrupt you, I would add one thing, and it starts with a <laughs> P. P. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched you Game of Are you a Game of Thrones fan? I'm not actually. I I, I didn't have. I lost my my time. Yeah, with to get into I. I owe like a week straight of getting caught up on all that. So. It's amazing, man. So, but this guy is standing on this massive battle about to be overrun, and and they're having this conversation about women. And it was like, I did this for women, I did that for women. It was basically money, power, everything was all revolved around men in the pursuit of women, which we could say use another name for. But yeah, that's it. I mean, that's a powerful force of nature. You keep emphasizing the puh in there, like the puh. Yeah, Yeah. people can fill in the blank. And I know my female fans are going to give me a ration of shit for this, but hey, I'm... You ever see that we've had comments on the Power of Thoughts YouTube where people, when you end up talking about women, people calling it the power of thought? (laughs) I've I've seen that in the comments. (laughs) And it's just like people breaking balls. So yeah, yeah, um... Anyway, you could be in a good mood and listen to the wrong song, be in a bad mood, very true. Powerful stuff, you guys rock. And then this is the big part. This podcast changed my life. I was fresh out of the military and had no idea what I was going to do in life afterwards and maintain my sense of purpose. I heard an interview with Mike Ritland, and I've been training dogs and following this company ever since. Kudos again, and keep the pace up. It's been amazing to watch this change and uh, morph into what it is now. That's from Brian. I thought that was super powerful. Yeah, Um, stuff. I'm going to see if we have any questions here because I've been glancing and people are like, hey, are you guys going to interact with us? Um, how does SoftRep not have a whiskey sponsor at this point? Um, what else? Well, Bub's Whiskey coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Give us to like 2019 to figure out how to do that. It'll probably taste like gasoline, but, you know, count us in. <laughs> Janet Brooks says, Brandon, I think you should write about Glenn and only Glenn. Love to read more about him. Among heroes I love, but wanted more Glenn. Um, Dave Pierce, Gwen sounds like a national treasure and beyond a great friend. Thanks for sharing. Makes me even more bitter about the Benghazi fiasco. And then people are just, you know, is that Brandon Webb? They're, they're shocked that you're making a sighting because they're like, <laughs> I haven't seen you in a month or something. <laughs> it um, is me. It's not a virtual. Those of you who have seen the movie Blade Runner, which I don't know if you're a fan of the original. Massive. Dude, the follow-up crushed it like so good man like i would watch it was three hours long i think i would have watched it over again on the spot right there 
epic show, but they had this, um, you know, speaking of the, the power of uh, women, they had this, gr- basically, <laughs> Sean Young was in it. Uh, he had this girlfriend on a thumbstick, right? Like, boom, popped up. And it's just like, I'm like, man, I want one of those. I want one of those. That's like, I it just want to know if it, it could be Sean Young from there, just transported in. But the Blade, if, if those of you who haven't seen Blade Runner, the the 2049, it is epic. Yeah, like, I heard Hans you Zimmer score, heavy, like just chest pounding score, and just the dude, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's on the short list. I, I tried having Heather watch the original Blade Runner. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking Rutger Howard's going to just fuck this whole world up. And I'm like, I can't wait. And they, we're five minutes into the movie and she's pregnant. Yeah. Yes. You know where this goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's over it. We turned the movie off and went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> to be continued. Dude, you have to see the follow-up, man. It yeah. is probably one of the best movies I've seen this year. Hands down. I like it. Then I, like I also it. see Mike Norwood. I ran out of whiskey last night. What's a good brand of Japanese whiskey to get? I know you love yeah, Hibiki. Uh, I think Hibiki is, is, uh, is one of the best out there. The um, Harmony, which is not an aged whiskey, but it's good. It's a, just a great whiskey right out of the, right out of the bottle. But Our Hibiki. friend uh, Phil Compion is asking, where is Drago? Uh, Drago's coming back. We've got to drag him out of the... Uh, Drag him out of the closet, basically. Yeah. He's, he's coming. I t- I've had a couple conversations with Drago. He's, he's coming back. And I'll see Phil in London, November 11th, when we're bringing over a U.S. boxing team to kick some British ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I will actually good. not be there. I'll be at uh, Will Cow's uh, yes. thing at Emino Looney's. I saw the T-shirt he put out for that, which looks kick some yeah. kick ass. So that'll be on Veterans Day for those of you in New York. Um, but Remembrance yeah, Rumble to Remembrance 2 for the Rumble. fans. We're, we're streaming that live on SoftRep. Remembrance Rumble 2, Saturday, November 11th, live from York Hall, East London. Well, um, and, and in all fairness, like the, those guys, the, the hosts over there are amazing. Like Phil and the boys just put on an amazing event. And I couldn't believe it, man. There was a queue a kilometer long around the block to get into this place. Sold out event, people begging for tickets. Chanting songs and the thing, <laughs> I was yeah. like blown away, man. It was home. It felt a little uh, like we were definitely not on home turf. But uh, just remember, we're coming over, the Americans, the original Brexit, and yeah. uh, we're gonna we're gonna come over there and and put on a, a good fight. Phil says, "Yeah, baby, RR two. Um, we're getting a lot of the. I saw on YouTube the questions of like, how do I become an Navy Seal? We'll avoid those. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to this one last uh, one because this was a good question. Yeah, you actually, go to the recruiter and uh, sign uh, on the dotted line. Yeah, this I'll, dr- good, I'll drive you down there. Yeah, <laughs> this is a good question for you. Um, would Bubs be good to take even if you aren't working out and are recovering from back surgery from about two years ago? Good question. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's that's actually the beauty of it. I, I was talking with a nutritionist. Um, what was it two days ago? And I was saying, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to grab some recipes and how you integrate this with your client base. And she said, well, right now I'm using it every day in my daughter's cereal. She's a teenager and she broke her wrist and I'm using it to help mend the bones. And I'm like, I hadn't really thought of that. I've always thought of it as more of a maintenance, like for exercise and wellness. And she says, no, the healing properties are really how I apply it. She's like, with my clients, it's, it's a combination of the gut health and the cure for inflammation, but the muscle and joint health. And in this case, bone health, she's like, that's, that's what collagen is. It's a connection of all of those, those tissues. So hundred percent to, to, you know, whoever posted that question, you know, two scoops a day, I start with one scoop a day and kind of ramped up and, you know, it, it, it's the first time I can look, you know, look at anyone and be like, this fucking works. 
Um, so yeah, give it a whirl because and do your research. I mean, read about collagen online. Google collagen peptides. Read some of the testimonials, and and then you can dive into some of the medical studies behind it, and then you know pick a brand that's right for you. I mean, obviously we're here talking about Bubs because we're the only brand in any supplement space that's giving you know this volume of product out with a 10% give back to charity. And that's, that's obviously where we're hanging our lifetime give back. I mean, that's, that's not some bullshit once a year promo. Like it is written into the fabric of the company. So, and I think that's pretty special. So go buy bubs for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to go. Ian's got this tub, but I, I got to get mine. I I guess I got to send another one. Yeah. I can attest to the fact that it really, it doesn't taste like anything. Which is good. Well, that's you know what I mean. You don't want something that has this artificial taste. It's great. I chug that thing right down. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just it's part of the daily routine. It's just put a scoop in my coffee. Yeah, go put a scoop in my you know in my smoothie or a glass of juice, and I don't really taste it. I can put it like in the you get a little hint of it in put it in, in my and, and the hint tastes good, so I like it. Yeah, and I mean it's and it's one ingredient, so it's like yeah. when you go out looking for stuff and you're like, wait a second, this is non-GMO. It's it's gluten free. It's halal, you know, certified. It's got every one of the the checks that you want. Pasture raised, grass fed, and you go like, oh well, all right. This has been pre sourced and curated to be the absolute best in quality. You saw how soluble it is, dissolves yeah, right in right water, in. and then the health benefits just speak for themselves. I mean, the only thing is, yeah, it, it took me a couple of weeks before I saw the results, but. I've never seen results, period. Yeah, so, that's like anything that's going to yeah, work is going to take a while. It's just like doing your first couple push-ups. you got to do a couple of them before you start seeing the results. And, you know, once you get into the routine, it just becomes part of the routine. It's like you wake up in the morning, you take a shit. just so happens after a while of this, you're <laughs> going to take really good shits. <laughs> he calls it the ghost wipe. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, out of benefit. I know that you guys have to run. Um, so the last thing I was going to say, I was thinking about this as we record, and we haven't done a throat punch of the week recently, but I kind of want to give a double throat punch because we already did it, but to Drew Murray, the guy who uh, completely plagiarized Jack Murphy's piece yeah, from the shot. Yeah, and by the way, we sent a letter to the... Um uh, one of the executives at the Chive, and then this guy wrote this bullshit response to Jack. Yeah, so, it wasn't plagiarism. Yeah, no, we're and we're doing a whole series on plagiarism because Jack and the guys do such good work, and we're tracked by all the journalists. Like we know the usual suspects. We bro- we broke that Niger story about the ambush, and these guys are all kind of like grabbing what they do and writing around it as if it's their own. Yeah, can uh, we take concept. your article? What's that? The people were just like, could we take your article? Yeah. Contacting no. Derek. Yeah, yeah. They wanted the, the one of the big... I could say it. I don't yeah, know if I'm say it. Yeah, say it. Yeah, the, was, Daily yeah, the Daily Beast. Yeah, the Daily Beast just wanted to take it and just read... Well, give credit, though? Give credit where credit's due? Yeah, well, that's the problem. They, they don't want to give credit. They want to... They want to repurpose it as their I think own they thing may and, have wanted to give credit, but at the end of the day, it's like it's driving people away from our site. So yeah, no, why? the value well, we're breaking. That's we're breaking. a tough one, right? Because now you're in the opportunity to share your information and possibly gain a broader audience because the Daily Beast speaks to a totally different demographic. Maybe those people are going to learn about SoftRap and be like, well, I can skip the Daily Beast and come over to you guys. This guy plagiarized Jack and well, put it on the chat. That's, that's, that's a Jack, though, to be, Jack called to be him fair. out. He changed his name on the article and moved stuff around. Like but to Jack, be fair, we're talking about the chive on this. Yeah, this is so, yeah, switching, oh, okay, switching okay, okay. back <laughs> to this. Yeah, not, not to be the chive. And this guy just wrote this bullshit answer. And Jack and I, you know what? Look, I'm, I hate litigation. Yeah, I could go after. Because the chive ran a, took our content, ran a sponsored 
propose, like to, to drive revenue for some with, NBC I think, show. for NBC show using our content. I'm like, you know what? Let's just write a piece on plagiarism and call this guy out, like for what it did. And, and put his name in the bright lights. Like you want to do that? Well, here you go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. He, so, he drew a sword by choosing to do that. So yeah, fuck throw it. a punch of the week. Drew uh, Murray. Our guy Drew. And I hope I see you in the city, Drew. Yeah, he yeah. lives here. Yeah, I know. Um, so wrapping things up. <laughs> nice. As, <laughs> as a reminder for all of those who are listening, for a limited time, you can receive a 50% off membership to SoftRep TV, our channel that offers the most exclusive shows, documentaries, and interviews covering the most exciting military content today. We just had a meeting here, two-day meeting, and there's awesome stuff on the horizon. Yeah, I will cheat it out. Like, we're working on, uh, I mean, Training Cell is an amazing series on SoftRep TV, but we're working on this, like, cross between the show Survivor and the Hunger Games. We're, like, hunting people down. Like, there's, like, just full-on, full contact. Like, Hunger Games meets Survivor. Like, we're, we want to produce that show next year. So lots of cool stuff coming. Absolutely, yeah. So Training Cell is the current show that you guys have been checking out if you're members. Follows former Special Operations Forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country. Everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, climbing, and much more. Again, you can watch this content by subscribing to SoftRep TV. That's at softreptv.us and take advantage of a limited time offer of 50% off your membership. So for current time, it's limited time. It's only $4.99 a month. Um, and then, of course, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the SoftRep Crate Club, you're definitely going to want to do that ASAP. It's a subscription to get a box of badass tactical and survival gear delivered to your door every month. Here's the kicker. All of the gear is handpicked and tested by former special ops guys. So you know you're getting quality gear that's going to work when you need it to. Crates we've set in the past have included gear like custom knives, multi-tools, fire starters, EDC med kits, as we were talking yeah, about and earlier. I have that bulletproof insert. I carry that. Bulletproof insert. I'm not wearing it today, actually, but the, uh, the survival belt is awesome. I love that thing. Um, you don't just get great gear with your subscription. Yeah, I mean, it's, I carry it. Yeah. I'm, for those I love it. Watching the live stream. Yeah, this thing. Look, feel how light that is. It's not even half a laptop. Yeah. Yep, not at all. Um, not so bad. you're supporting a veteran-owned and run company, of course, plus our Crate Club subscribers are invited to our annual club party. We had that this year in January in Vegas. We're going to do it again in January. Um, to subscribe and start getting your gear, visit CrateClub.us. We also have gift options available. That's CrateClub.us. December, the first week of December, I think it's the... It's the Thursday, maybe the second week. We're doing a Crate Club. Uh, excuse me, that's the whiskey coming up. We're doing the Crate Club. Um, you know what's funny with the whiskey? To interrupt yeah, yeah. you, I'm sorry, but how funny is it that Jason Rao literally just brought this thing in oh, and it's, it's, it's done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cheers to Jason. Um, I, and thank you. Yeah. yeah thank Jason, you. the guitarist from Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. He, he, that was his gift to Brandon. Yeah, it didn't last too long, but it was well well purposed. It doesn't help when you've guys from Big Mountain Heroes coming here. Oh, and they, they destroy that. Yeah, thing. but um, we're doing a EDC street and street fighting class with Jim West. Oh my god! Uh, at Emmett Alunis for the Crate Club members only. It's a members only uh, two hour street fighting class with Jim West, who literally is like paralyzed some dude with his bare hands. The guy's yeah. like the real deal. Like you don't, the guys. I think. I mean, I don't know how old the gym is, but I would not want to fuck with this guy. Like, you, 
I, every time I see Jim, I think of Mice and Men and, and uh, that guy, uh, Lenny. Except an intelligent man. Yeah, no, I don't want to make the comparison, <laughs> but he's just got that retard strength. And you just do not want to fuck with this guy. But Jim, if you're going to learn street fighting from Jim, like this is the grandfather of mixed martial arts and street fighting. And Jim is a great dude, man. I, I just went to Jack's wedding. and, and Yo, what Jim, do you think of his speech? Jim, I thought it was cool, man. It was heartfelt. You yeah, know? It okay. went a little, little long, but Jim was... He's a great guy, man. I have nothing but respect for that him. guy. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. It was just funny because I talked about it in the last show. You know, half these people are Italian. They don't even speak English. They're like, who's this giant man giving this 30-minute <laughs> speech, best man speech? It they was, tra- kept trying to applaud him off the stage, too, at the wedding. And he just kept powering. Give me that mic. He kept powering through it. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with him. And then I think, yeah, it was um, Richard at my table. Someone was asking who he was. And he was like, this man has been in 300 street fights. Yeah. He was like, or it's Which, more than that. I think I don't even know the number. But Craig yeah. Club, uh, it's, a, it's a Thursday. Um, but anyway, we're going to put it out on the email list for all the Craig Club members. But badass fight class. And then we're having a whiskey sponsor and cigars. So, you know, in the age of, uh, you know, manhood suppression, we're going to celebrate... Uh, being a fucking man at, at Amado Looney's in Times Square and Jim's going to give that fight class and it's a Cray Club exclusive event. So that's part of what we're doing with the club is it's, it's a community as well. It's cool that it's at Amado Looney's too instead of a dojo because it's like true street fret fighting then. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty cool incentive. So uh, US. Sean has been awesome. These stories are incredible. I mean, I've heard so much about Gwen, but it's great to hear from a guy as close to him as you. I don't, you know, based on these stories, I don't think there is anyone who's closer to him. I'm getting us an Uber. So we we kept him pretty PG for the audience, but uh, there's there's some some good adventure out there. He's told some X-rated ones on the show. What do you mean? Oh, the Thailand maybe? Yeah. That's usually the one that that, uh, pops up front of mind. So Sean was awesome. Founder of Bubs Naturals, bubsnaturals.com at bubsnaturals on Twitter and Instagram. We should put out like a coupon code for soft rep listeners or something, but I don't know. It's coming. No, we're actually in. It's coming. We got a. We got that and uh, uh, the crate club. We got a special offer for the the crate club guys too. Yep. So cool. So actually, yeah, you know, when you if you're subscribing to the crate club this month, we we threw an insert in there, kind of talking about the benefits of college and why you would use it and why you should be using it, and then yeah, there's a little something something in there to uh, to help get people to uh, you know give it a whirl, and um, obviously. You know, just know that every time you're buying it, you're 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 helping others. So it's kind of a help yourself because you're going to see improvements in your health. And every time you do, you're helping someone else. Yeah, and that's, that's awesome. And Sean's in pretty damn good shape. You're not some guy who comes in here like well obese and, and talking about a supplement like you could see it works. <laughs> you you got a 14 year gap in a, you know between you and your <laughs> wife. You're going to do a couple push-ups to make sure you're keeping it fresh. <laughs> I love it, man. All right. Well, with that, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Softrep Radio. Um, I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying all the content and that we're keeping it free, but please still subscribe to the website as a team room member, um, softrep.com. And at the very least, please leave us a new review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review. Those really help us out. We want to boost those rankings up. So awesome, guys. I I think that sums it up. It's been a great show. You originally said we were doing this quickly, but I think we went way over time here. Okay couple glasses of whiskey you know anyways thanks a lot for having me guys i appreciate it you've been listening to soft web radio a part of hurricane group the difficult done immediately the impossible by appointment only shows are recorded at our studio in chelsea new york city 
Special thanks to our producer and co-host, Ian Scotto. Follow the show on Twitter at SoftRepRadio.